This is the Risky Mix podcast, where we speak with those people changing the mix in the insurance industry. Sharing their personal journeys, their inspirational stories, and answering the questions we all want answered. You're listening to Raj and Katie. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Today we're speaking to Natalie Summerson and Evie Plum from Canada Life. Natalie has had a successful career in the protection industry, gaining account management experience across a number of major insurers, including Scottish Provident and Aviva. Natalie is currently Head of Sales for Individual Protection at Canada Life. She's a passionate advocate of diversity in the workplace, particularly in recruiting new talent, and that brings me to our second guest. With no prior experience in insurance, Evie's already made her mark in the almost two and a half years she's been with Canada Life, where she's now a strategic account manager. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie and Evie. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. To get us started, Natalie, could I ask you what drove you to embark on your career? Yeah, so when I was a a young girl, I always had an aspiration to become a teacher. And Mm. uh, my aspiration of going into teaching was largely driven by my passion for science. However, uh, when I was 12, unfortunately, my parents lost their home or lost our home in the financial crash of the late 80s, early 90s. And and what happened as a result of that is that we moved to a council flat in uh, East London. Um, I continued with my uh, with my school, and I left school at sixteen with ten GCSEs, grades A and B. In today's money, that's a, a seven or an eight. Um, <laughs> and um, and I went on to college, uh, where I studied uh, biology, chemistry, and psychology. Still with the aspiration of becoming a, a science teacher. Right. Um, however, after a year, um, the lure of um, of earning my own money became a little bit too much having mm-hmm. come from a, a, a poorer background um, I, I desperately wanted to go on holiday and, and uh, spend money with my friends and uh, and so I decided to, to quit college and um, my first job was as an office junior for a, a financial services company in um, North London and um, it was there really that I learned about business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think today uh, the young people obviously learn a lot about uh, you know, how to uh, use computers, but in those days, we're talking over 20 years ago, that, that, that type of experience wasn't available mm-hmm. throughout your education. Yeah. So I, I cut my teeth um, and um, after about eight months, I left there and I joined um, uh, the world of insurance uh, in regards to uh, provider world, uh, and I had my first job as a, a sales support coordinator at Scottish Provident. Mm-hmm. And that was quite interesting because uh, all of these sales support agents were uh, female bar one. Oh, right. Um, oh. And all of the uh, account managers, strategic account managers, were all male bar one uh, oh. lady. And um, what I found is that um, the 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 people that work within the organisation were very, very supportive. Um, and that I was incredibly inquisitive and I wanted to know how everything worked and um, you know how the distributors, the IFAs, uh, wanted to be looked after. Um, and I'd always put my hand up and say, oh, can I go out and see some of these distributors mm-hmm. with these, you know? And, and, and I was very much supported in doing that. I got my big break about 15 months later, so at this point I was just 19, Um, and uh, that big break came with one of our very large accounts um, in London asking for me to be their account manager, Um, much to the 
upset of the two account managers that looked <laughs> after them at the time. But but that was my uh, my big break, and um, uh, I went on from there uh, for a, a number of years uh, and carried on building my experience, um, working with distributors, some really large distributors. Mm. Uh, really enjoyed what I did. And then I had my daughter uh, in 2006. Okay. And so I took a year off, yeah. um, as, as many people would like to do, I'm sure. Um, I enjoyed that time, but at the end of that one year, I wasn't ready to go back to work full time. Right. So, uh, and bear in mind, this is 2007. Mm-hmm. So I asked whether it would be possible to do some flexible uh, hours or maybe job share with somebody. And, and that off, and that was refused. Uh, oh, and it, no. But this is 2007. Right. Very, very different world that we live in today. Um, so I um, resigned and okay. um, I spent another year at home with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then I got itchy feet. <laughs> uh, then I got itchy feet and um, you know, sort of playing with Play-Doh became a little bit too much for me. <laughs> and... Uh, and I was in, again, a fortunate position that one of my good friends who I'd previously worked with at Scottish Provident uh, had moved on to uh, AXA and there was a vacancy. Okay. And um, I went for the interview. I, was, uh, I got the job. I decided to leave uh, the wonderful uh, AXA um, about three and a half years after joining. And the reason that I decided to leave is I'd stopped learning and I'd stopped okay. developing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel that there was anything more that business could give to me. Um, um, I wanted to increase my breadth of knowledge across the wider business mm-hmm. and, and not just in sales, which I was pretty good at sales. Um, and so I moved to Aviva um, and it was at Aviva that I was really afforded the opportunity to really learn about the other function areas of the business. So for example, the, the actuarial function, uh, our underwriting, our risk teams, uh, our group business. Um, and it really, really gave me a flavor um, of, um, especially being part of large projects, uh, of really what goes into a business, which mm-hmm. I felt then gave me that really broad spectrum and rounded, um, uh, made me a much more rounded person. Um, and, and that's what propelled me on to apply for the job at Canada Life. Right. Uh, because I actually felt Even 80% ready yeah. to yeah. do the role. Okay. And, and, and because I felt 80% ready, that, that I could tick all the boxes of what was required, yeah. uh, I allowed myself to apply for the role and uh, I was successful. I think that's a really interesting point because we've we've been speaking to um, a couple of people in the recruitment space and they tend to say when it comes to women, we we go for roles when we can tick those boxes. Yes, yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of men will kind of just chance it, go (laughs) go for it when they've ticked a few. Um, So that's, yeah, yeah, it's just resonated with with what you said there. Yeah, Yeah. and it it, it did take a lot for me to apply for the role. Um, and, um, And it is because I went through that can I tick this one? Can mm. I tick that? Can, can I really evidence that I've done this really yeah. well? And um, and I felt confident enough to go for it. Yeah. Um, but but only just. Yeah. yeah <laughs> only really, just. It's really interesting because um, I've spoken to my other half about this because you know he recently moved roles and. Um, he, we were just sort of discussing our different experiences around this, and he said, "Oh, you know, um, when when I apply for a role, if I can tick all the boxes, it means if I move into that role, I'm not going to learn anything." 
And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like you want to mm-hmm. be able to go, oh yeah, I can do about 50% and this other stuff. Well, I've got the skills and abilities to grow into that. Yeah. But if I if I can already do it, then what's the point sure. in, in going for it? Which mm-hmm. I thought was a really interesting perspective. Yeah, it is, definitely. Yeah. So the industry is definitely trying to make a push to increase diversity um, in, in various businesses across the sector. What What are your thoughts on how we can best achieve that that change within the industry? So, so my personal view is that we should be encouraging uh, uh, young talent uh, into our our sector, uh, because if we don't do that, we will end up really dying out, quite mm. frankly. Mm. And we have to think about who our customers are, and who the next generation of customers are, and who better to uh, to help us to understand how they purchase and what's important to them than actually having these young people within your business to actually be able to uh, help you shape and scope your proposition and, and your distribution. Um, so I think it's uh, it's really important that we encourage young people, not necessarily with a financial services background, not necessarily with experience. The most important thing for me is the, um, is the drive, mm-hmm. um, the resilience piece, because in distribution you have to be incredibly resilient, mm-hmm. um, otherwise you'd be probably quite upset at times. <laughs> um, and um, it's about attitude and mm-hmm. want, because everything else can be taught. So technical skills can be taught, but attitude can't. So it's bringing people in with the right attitude and saying to them that insurance and financial services is not boring. Mm-hmm. It could be really exciting. Amazing. And um, so, so that, I guess, brings us nicely on to uh, Miss Evie. Um, so, so tell us a bit more about how you how you kind of recruited sure. Evie and, and that whole process because sure. that's quite an unusual story isn't it yes so I, I went through the usual channels of um, going through recruitment agents and I saw some some talented individuals but they didn't feel quite right for our business because our business was a, a new startup product line so okay. albeit we're a very very established business our, our particular product line and individual protection was a new startup so I felt that we needed a, a slightly different approach and after having gone through the usual recruitment recruitment agencies I decided that uh, I'd, I'd put a, a, a note out on um, on Facebook and um, okay. and so I had a number of responses uh, from friends and uh, colleagues across the industry that I'm friends with and um, and I got a wonderful uh, email um, with a CV that I actually didn't take too much notice of, Evie, apologies. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the covering email that Evie sent to me, uh, sort of explaining why she'd like to have a conversation with me, um, made me really, really smile. Right. And um, What was in there? What made you smile? It's just the way it was written. Okay. Uh, it, you know, and I can't remember it word for word, unfortunately, but, um, but it was just the way it was written, and I felt that immediately she had something that, right. that, that I wanted and um, and uh, we then arranged a, a call um, we had a uh, we had a call over yeah. the phone and again uh, I just came off that call and thought she's, she's great mm. at this point I still really hadn't looked at the CV <laughs> and um, uh, and uh, and then we met face to face and um, yeah again just incredibly passionate incredibly articulate driven uh, anyone that can run a marathon is driven, um, and um, um, I offered her the job, and she accepted, which was fantastic. So, um, so yeah, that was my recruitment story of uh, uh, of Evie. 
So how, what advice do you have for other like young school leavers, um, people in high school, mm-hmm. in terms of what they're looking for? And what attracted you to, I mean, what was it about Natalie's particular pitch yeah. that that hooked you? Because, you know, ideally that would be something that we could do all the time, get people like you in the industry. Yeah. Imagine just cloning you over and over again. We're like, <laughs> <be> flying. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think when I when I left school, I really didn't know what I was going to do, and I did feel a bit worried that everybody. I felt everybody knew what they wanted to do apart from me. Um, and I did an apprenticeship um, in business administration. I worked for a recruitment company, um, and I wasn't sure I wanted to to carry on at college. Um, and the boss at the time um, said, "You know, you are you've got more potential. I don't want you to just stay not learning. I'm going. Can we do an apprenticeship?" Can you, as part of your role, and I thought, you know, I may as well go for it. They're offering me an opportunity, so I did that, and I think that really sort of um, gave me that um, sort of underlying experience with just general um, office etiquette, yeah. how you how you speak to um, individuals, how you liaise with different types of people within mm. the business. You know, everybody is important, or yeah, you know, all that kind of underlying experience. I think you, I wouldn't have got at university, mm. um, and I. You know, I didn't go to university because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I think going to school leave is saying it doesn't matter if you don't know what you want to do. You mm. can try out different options. You don't have to go to university. University is fantastic. But if you don't know what you're, you're going to do, it, it yeah. can be hard because you feel, you know, it's really hard to put passion and energy into something that you have that you don't want to do, that you don't know that you want to do. Yeah. So I think just having that, it doesn't, you know, getting experience, sure. I think, is there's no harm. Trying trying jobs that you think, you know, if you're not going to be sure about it, it, you know, if you don't try, you're not going to know. And I think that's what I felt with Natalie. You know, I had the experience with the sales. Yes, it was a totally different industry, but I thought I can give it all I've got. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's, if there's things on there that are jumping out, for me, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna yeah. go and try yeah. it, and I think um, I thought of gave that kind of well, you know, I've I've got nothing to lose at the time. I wasn't particularly progressing in my current role. I thought, well, I need to look for something else. Let's hope it works. Um, and I I sort of thought took that approach of you know, it didn't harm if I if I didn't like it, I could have gone somewhere else. Mm. But just yeah, trying new things, I think, and putting yourself out there a little bit. Yeah, thanks, Evie. Yeah. And and also thinking kind of a step further then, so actually in the workplace. So yeah. any kind of younger women who are listening into this mm-hmm. and thinking, well, Evie's such an inspiration and I want to take, you know, some of the things that she's done. What kind of pieces of advice would you give to, to young women working in the industry who want to either build their profile or just get better at what they're doing? Yeah, I think um, asking um, maybe to shadow shadow people within the business is a good way of learning. Um, put, I think really is, yeah, putting yourself out there and saying, yeah. look, um, I'm you know, really interested in what you've been doing in marketing or really interested in what you've been doing in this part of the business. Can I come and shadow you mm. or asking to go and maybe spend a day of just observing and seeing what, what it mm. is they do. Um, meeting everybody in the business, it's always good to try and say hello to everybody and, you know, make sure that, you know, if you, if people know who you are, make sure you know who they are or vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, even if you're never going to speak speak to them again, it's nice to meet new people and I think really make an effort, even if you're in the canteen making a coffee or whatever, you wherever yeah. you are, it's really good to sort of, you know, try and try and introduce yourself um, helping other aspects of business even if it doesn't particularly fall into your area going in and saying look can I help with this or can I get involved with this Mm -hmm. I think lots of businesses don't just have it's not just within the workplace it could be different events they're doing you know whether it's social social clubs or where they've got you know mental health day they had at Candlelife where all the different types of business uh, people in the business get involved all different types of um, areas of the business it is good to communicate I think and really get to know get to know everyone. Can we link that back to, to your experience, Natalie? So you said that you had your big break around 19. Yes. What was it that made that um, 
that, that client pick you as opposed to the other account managers? I uh, spent a lot of time in their offices mm-hmm. um, because um, it was back in the day before you had the um, the online application and we used to have an offline application and so i.e. paper <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone remembers those days of paper um, and I used to go I'd go in there and I'd spend time with the advisors helping them with their application forms and um, and actually what happened is is uh, one Christmas um, the two account managers that managed this very large account together uh, decided they couldn't make one of their events so I went instead and um, it was two days after that that the directors of this particular firm uh, uh, put a call into our uh, was the sales director at the time and uh, and requested that that they they had me as their account manager because the advisors felt that they got a much better service and they were right. really looked after. Right. But again, I think it very much comes down to as Evie was saying about um, you know going round to other people within the business and external businesses, our clients, and really getting an understanding of what they do and how they want to be dealt with, how they want to be looked after. And, and you need to be adaptable to be able to respond to that. Mm. And um, and that's that's what makes a difference. But I was given a mentor at the time. So okay. I had a mentor okay. um, within the business to help me and guide me. And I think that is the most important bit. Right. That is the most mm-hmm. important piece. Um, it, it does mean you're giving, you know, as a mentor, you, you give your time to somebody else um, as Evie now does with Molly, as Molly has done with some of the other young ladies that have now joined our group risk um, sales team, um, it does involve giving people time. Yeah. And um, I think that's, uh, that's really, really important. One of the other things I'd like to say is, um, as a female in this industry, it's not always easy, um, but surround yourself with a network. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, have a good network around you. I, I've... I've got some very, very good friends who are in this industry, male and female, um, and they will, specifically the females, are very open. If you've got a problem, I will go to one of them and say, I've got a problem here. What do you think I should do? And they will help me. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, I'll do exactly the same for them. And don't, I think the biggest thing here is don't be afraid to, to ask your peers across within your own business and externally for support when you need it. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Everybody has different levels of experience, yeah. knowledge, ways of dealing with things. And if that can help you to develop and be, be a better manager or be a better person or be better at distribution or mm. marketing or whatever, then then take that. Don't don't be afraid to ask other people for advice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really valuable advice. I think we can definitely work together more to kind of support each other through the tough times and, and build each other yeah. up, right? So Natalie, you've um, you've spoken about the value of having a network uh, as a woman, and you know, are there any are there any networks in particular that you find useful and that other women in the industry can sure. get involved in? Sure. So uh, there there is one that I'm very passionate about, and that's the Women in Protection Network that was set up by Emma Thompson and Rose St. Louis and Catherine Trimble uh, a number of years ago. That that network has has grown and grown and grown and. Personally, what I find uh, is is by having being part of that network is is the vast support that, that sits within within uh, the individuals. Um, they are incredibly supportive uh, ladies and men. We're not limited to women yeah. only, um, but um, it gives a really good view of um, not just um, 
those that are working in insurance, but but also those distributors and marketing and uh, all different um, all different other sectors really that, that that can come in and help us to add value uh, to ourselves and, and to our businesses. Great. I think that's all that we've got time for today. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for joining us, both of you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. It's been a pleasure to be on. Thank, Thank you very much. much. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thanks, ladies. Thank Great. you. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so via our Twitter account, at Risky Mix. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions, and if you know any inspirational women in the industry who you think would be great for the Risky Mix podcast, please get in touch. See you next week.